and welcome back to episode 8 of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants with myself, Lauren. And me, Graham. And we're dad and daughter talking all things football. I haven't actually seen you so far this weekend because we were both in London, but we didn't really cross paths. Are you doing last weekend? Yeah, yeah, separate parts of London. I'm going to talk about that in a short while, actually. I know. Was it on purpose we didn't bump into each other or did you tactically stay away? Tactical. Very, very tactical. You had a nice romantic weekend. So you're going to kick off with your first rant. So my first rant is, well, it's an interesting one because it's corners. And this is something that your mum's always on about. Why don't they put the ball in the flipping corner? Okay, yeah, I get that. I mean, sometimes it's just like Wimbledon, isn't it? Where they get the special technology. Hawkeye. Hawkeye to see whether it's on the white line. Now, I'm not suggesting we need VAR for corners, but at least the linesman or the, whatever they call them, assistant referee. Is, yeah could spend at least some time having a look because sometimes it's nowhere near the uh, little D there so just a bit annoying really because it's meant to be on the actual line not well, in to, the little corner well they used to put it in the box years ago and then suddenly it's changed so you can try and have it dangling on the white line but just a bit annoying you see it every every literally every time they do it it means they're less likely to put it out for a goal kick I suppose so there is an advantage to doing it but uh, oh, so they do have an advantage because obviously a lot of the time they're not putting it on the line so by them putting it forward, are they just thinking they've got less distance to try and kick the ball? No, so they don't. There's, there's less chance of going out if you move it away from the ah. uh, byline. You've less chance of it going Any out. Any culprits you can think of in particular that tend to be doing that? No, I think it's everybody really. There's an, within the Premiership especially, it's literally... Anybody that takes a corner can't help themselves to get it as close as they can to Hawkeye line. Why do they put the ball down so precisely as well? Like some players, I kind of with free kicks, I can kind of see it. But in the corner, they literally place it down so slowly. And then the linesman's even there like looking like a meerkat. And even they think it's not on the line, but we're going to go with it. But why do they take so long to put the ball on the floor? I'm not sure. Maybe they think that they're trying to get themselves in the game, get their head in the game. But my rant's a little bit different. So we obviously watch a lot of sports programs and Match of Day, Sky Sports, all those lot. And they have some really good pundits. Who would you say are your favourite pundits? Jermaine Genus, very good, very uh, tactically aware. Phil Neville's pretty good. Sorry, Gary Neville, rather. Gary Both of them do it. Yeah, yeah, but Gary, I think Gary Neville's, he does quite a lot of the big matches. He's very, again, very good with his tactics and talk. And, of course, Shearer, ex-Blackburn Rovers hero, he could as well. All really good. So you've got Shearer, forward, Ian Wright, forward, Jermaine Genus, defensive midfield. So I was thinking, why don't they have goalkeepers on as pundits on TV? Like we talk about goalkeeping howlers pretty much every week. All obviously goalkeeping amazing saves like McCarthy from Southampton. Even last week we were talking about De Gea and his howlers that he had. And then Edison, you watched the match, Man U Man City. Both goals, he was pretty much reliable, would you say? I think goalkeepers could well add some value. I'd read in the paper today actually on the Sunday Times financial pages randomly, Bob Wilson, ex-Arsenal goalkeeper. 70 odd years old now and he was a pundit for many years, Bob Wilson, but since then I can't remember many more. There haven't been hardly any at all. And the goalkeepers have a lot of all-round knowledge because they're obviously at the back of the pitch. They are very much in charge of the defence, so if a goalkeeper was on match day, he could have a lot of input, and he's probably aware of what forwards are thinking. The goalkeepers that I think might be quite good, Peter Schmeichel, David James. Oh, no. And David Seaman. No. (laughs) Well, I was thinking, I think maybe David James, David Seaman, they've done dancing on ice and Strictly Come Dancing. We'll get them off that and get them on match of the day. Stick to the dancing. Who would be your goalkeeper, if you think, to have as a pundit? I think I know who you're going to say. Brad Friedel. Yeah, definitely. say that.
Okay, so our picks from the week. Premier League. I went for the two Sunday matches, actually. The massive derby. 2-0 to Man United, thanks to goals from Martial McTominay. Man United actually only had 28 possession, but they've done the double over City this season and this is the first time since 2015 United have had a home win against City and I just think Solskjaer really needs to be praised for his tactical decisions that he made all round defensively they're fantastic the fact like I said they know 28 possession Fred and Matic in particular I thought they played really well so again just a really big win for Man United obviously a really heated derby would you agree that Man United deserve to win? I think definitely they worked really hard yes they were quite defensive they kept saying on the television they played like the away team at home but the fans got behind them I thought it was brilliant yeah really good really good atmosphere and then my other pick Chelsea versus Everton again on Sunday 4-0 to Chelsea and it was a bit of a miserable return back to Stamford Bridge for Ancelotti goals from Pedro Willian Giroud and Mason Mount who actually ended his 18 game goal drought I thought that was quite interesting. So Everton remain 12th and Chelsea stay in at 4th, but they've got Man United breathing down the necks. They're still three points behind. But I think a clean sheet and to have four different scorers on the team sheet proves a lot for the team that they've got a lot of attacking threats. So those are my two Premier League picks. So with the Championship, I've got two again. So Friday night, we'll kick off with Friday night. Quite a big match, actually. So Forrest in the top five against Millwall, who were on the edge of promotion trying to get in the playoffs. Millwall had 31% possession, but won 3-0. Three first-half goals for Matt Smith. Centre forward his first hat-trick for Millwall. Brilliant. Just over 27,000. A real blow for Forrest, but a really good win for Millwall. Puts them up to eighth. Puts them in a really good place to have a good old crack at the playoffs. So well done to Millwall. 3-0 at Forrest. Second one, uh, yeah, we're in London this weekend. And uh, Kew Gardens we went to quite a Close That's to, very fancy. Uh, quite close to Brentford's ground, and we bumped into a nice old couple in fully in their scarves and Brentford regalia. Whenever they play at home, they have a nice wander around Kew Gardens. What before the match? Yeah, yeah, it's lovely actually. <laughs> so get parked up, get some fresh air uh, before all the madness of the football. That's so. very civilized. A bit different to what we're like at Ewood. We don't normally go wander around any local parks well, or gardens. There's no gardens anywhere near <laughs> them, other than somebody's front garden or back garden. That's about as good as it gets. But uh, and Brentford won five nil. How good is that? De Silva got a couple. Just over 12,000 clean sheets again. They were telling me what a good signing uh, David Raya was from Blackburn. And uh, yeah, so another good result for Brentford keeps them fourth. Sheffield Wednesday, I mean, they're just not having a great run. Lost 5 0 at home to Blackburn, of course, now 5 0 away to Brentford. So they are safe, but uh, funny old team, Sheffield Wednesday. Into League One, Accrington Stanley 1, Tranmere Rovers 2. So that's back-to-back wins now for Tranmere, thanks to goals from James Vaughan and Mark Ellis. So they still remain in the bottom three, Tranmere, but they have had games in hand now on the surrounding teams. So really two good back-to-back wins for them. And uh, Aki Stanley, they've got four matches now without a win, and they're down to 17th. I mean, again, they'll be fine, but I think the run of form's a little bit concerning for them. And then my other pick was Lincoln City 3, Burton Albion 2. Five-goal thriller, vital save penalty, actually, from Josh Rickers to keep them keep the three points for Lincoln. And before the match, Lincoln hadn't actually won in the last seven matches. So again, to have a really hard-fought match and come away with the win is brilliant. And they move up to 14th on the table. But Burton Albin, they still stay in 12th. So League Two, my picks from League Two. The local derby that I flagged up as being one to watch was certainly a feisty affair. Scunthorpe Grimsby. 
Sutton was sent off for Scunthorpe and Grimsby ended up 2-0 winners just short of 7,000 fans Vernon and Waterfall what a brilliant name that is actually that's all one name that's his name Waterfall Vernon Waterfall no no Vernon scored one oh sorry Vernon got a goal and then Waterfall Waterfall beautiful I'm, I'm going to research Waterfall for next week <laughs> I want to see what his first name is and then talk about Waterfall because right, that's okay. the best name of the week. That's the name of the week. And then the other one, uh, Northampton, who are seventh. Mansfield, who were uh, probably safe now because they won 2-1 at Northampton. Uh, goals from Rose and Tomlinson. 5,500 just over. And just a good win for, for Mansfield against a good team who were um, pushing for the playoffs. So well done, Mansfield. Best from the West. We're back actually in Somerset this week. Last week we were doing the podcast from Devon and we like to pick out some of the local teams in the South West. So who's got best from the West this week, Dad? Well, there was a local derby, Swindon, who were top, of course, versus Forest Green. Forest Green started the season quite well, actually. Dropped off a bit. And yesterday they played at Swindon, bit of a local derby, actually, and won 2-0. What a great win for Forest Green. Stevens and Adams got the goals. Good crowd for uh, League 2, 9,257 at Swindon. Forest Green 11th, but Swindon just now being nudged out of the top spot by Crew. Should still be safe, but they've had a strong season, Swindon. They'd be disappointed with yesterday. But a West Country derby, and well done to Forest Green this week's Best from the West. Right, I'm going to go with the rant. Basically, I've gone for wasteful West Ham. I was watching the highlights against Arsenal, and I'm sure you'd agree that they deserve to at least get a point from it. They're fighting for their lives at the bottom of the table. They're a big club with the Olympic ground. They need to stay up. Okay, thanks to goal difference, they're currently above the drop zone. But the amount of chances that they had was just ridiculous. And to be at that standard football, I know it's very easy to say you should be scoring, but they weren't like kind of half chances. They were clear cut chances, right? And did you see any specific highlights? I think Arsenal defended okay, but I just think they were, they were as you say, very, very wasteful West Ham. Feels like there's one sort of biggish team going to go down, and it could well be West Ham. They've got some tough games coming up. Decent performance, but a poor a good result. performance. That's the thing that's probably most frustrating because they actually played really well. They had a great result against Southampton last week. People like Haller, Antonio, Bowen, they're in form. So things like a simple pass when you're one-on-one pretty much with the defender. I mean, Antonio, at least three chances that I would say were clear-cut, easy chances that for Premier League footballers, you should be scoring. And 1-0 they lost overall against Arsenal. And it's a real shame because they could have at least got a point. Like I say, it's dog-eat-dog down at the bottom of the Premier League and... Aston Villa actually play Leicester tomorrow night and I think it'd be really interesting if Villa, if they get three points out of that match, then that will completely just, well, it will throw a span in the works in terms of the bottom of the table. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to have a little rant about, the fact that wasteful West Ham, easy chances, made to look very hard and it was a little bit painful. We're not even West Ham supporters, but it just looked really frustrating. It's just a shame. They played really well. So, um, yeah, that was my rant. How about you? I was reading the uh, Sunday Times today. There are other Sunday papers, by the way. But the, uh, <laughs> I said before, Bob Wilson, ex-goalkeeper, played for one team, Arsenal. His whole his career? career? Yeah, yes. Yeah, oh. From Chesterfield originally. Quite an interesting article, actually. And he talked about uh, his top salary. Yes, it was the 70s and all that. But even so, £170 a week. Wow. Uh, then you've got uh, Leno. Who actually is a 
decent keeper. He's uh, he's doing really well for Arsenal. I mean, he's the second highest number of saves this season, 104 saves behind Dubravka, Newcastle. Newcastle, he's uh, You know, he's probably, I think he's on a six-figure sum per week. Uh, he'll earn more in a week than probably Bob Wilson earned in his whole career at Arsenal. And that so was only like 50 years ago, right? 70s? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's, um, I mean, it's easy. It's an easy rant, isn't it? Talking about uh, wages and people being t- paid too much. And actually, to be fair to Bob Wilson in the article, he said, you know what, good luck to him. It's a short career if you can get that. I don't. Oh, uh, really? and he's really sort of very humble about the whole thing and said, "Listen, good luck to the guy if he, you know, if players these days can get more money. money, then good luck to them." So that's he was a great professional, great footballer, and um, in a different era, he'd have been uh, an incredibly rich man. But uh, yeah, so it's just a little bit, a little bit of a rant about wages. But well, talking about wages, Kepper, Chelsea, world's most expensive goalkeeper, costs like seventy million pounds. Currently sitting on the bench. And there's Willie in the goals. <laughs> Willie. <laughs> Willie Caballero. Actually, he's not even been playing that well. But Frank Lampard's still like, nah, not going to have him. So the world's most expensive goalkeeper sitting on the bench. Poor Bob Wilson. How much did you say he got paid a week? £170 a week at his peak. Putting in the miles. This is where we track the team and fans that have travelled across the country watching their beloved team. So this week, going to go for the Premier League, actually. And it's Southampton, Newcastle. Brilliant. Yes, and a 1-0 win for Newcastle. Interesting, 646-mile round trip. That's a fair old drive or on the coach. But I think I'm right in saying Flybe, the airline that unfortunately have um, oh gosh. have gone down. I think, I think they had flights from Newcastle to Southampton, exactly those flights. And I wonder, quite a few of the fans might have booked them uh, and then lost them, perhaps. Either way, what happened was there was 2,300 tickets allocated to Newcastle. And as you expect, they sold out and got more. So they had 3,051 fans. I mean, I've seen them at Ewood Park a couple of times. I mean, they travel in big numbers. They're all a bit balmy, but Corblami, they have a good day out. And 400 minutes since they'd last scored in the Premier League. Uh, and San Maximam, he's a bit of a nippy player. He got the winner, and it looked like it was a well-deserved win. Of course, Southampton went down to ten men quite early. Fair play; they've done the double over Southampton. They beat them two-one in December at St James's Park. So those three thousand and fifty-one fans, well done for supporting your team. Well done, Newcastle, and that's them safe. Barnet of the week. I love this bit. We get to look at all different hairstyles, critique, because both myself and you, Dad, we've got great barnets, what can I say? So this week, I've gone for Arsenal midfielder. He's kind of been in and out of the team. Not, I wouldn't say he's been that influential, but the fans seem to really like him. He's very creative. Danny Ceballos. Now, I specifically paused the TV to show you this barnet. And basically, people think he might be copying Cristiano Ronaldo here. He's donning the tiny man bun. Man bun? A man bun, a.k.a. a top knot. Top knot. I've never had a top knot. I've not not never had a top knot. (laughs) You you used to have quite long hair when you were... Not around the top knot area, (laughs) really. Well, anyway, I was watching him and I was thinking, like, what was that on top of his head? And I think it does look ridiculous. He'll be wearing gloves next. He, oh, that's actually going to be my rant coming up soon. I reckon I'm going to mention that soon. I thought, when his, it's not even that long his hair, but he can somehow put it in a bun. It's like he said to the barbers, can you make sure that my hair's the length that I can put it up to make it look like I'm a little gnome in a garden? If you haven't seen it, you've got to look at it. Danny Ceballos, Arsenal, the little tiny man bun. Oh, well, I've got a classic 
a proper classic Barnet this week. He was a, a classic Barnet as a player. <laughs> and as a pundit, he's got a classic Barnet. In fact, it's getting more classic as each season goes on. That's Robbie Savage. Robbie Savage, ex-Blackburn Rovers, ex-various teams. Always a legend, really. He was um, one of those players that you, if he played for you, you loved him. If he didn't, you hated him. Yeah. Uh, but he worked his socks off wherever he played. Actually, he does quite a lot on the radio, does quite a lot on the telly. And whenever he's on the telly, those flowing locks of Robbie Savage, they're blowing everywhere. He did Strictly Come Dancing. He, well, he did Strictly Come Dancing. He could do, he, I think he could turn his hand to anything. I think he's... Uh, <laughs> He could do diving, he could do ice skating. Gardening. Go- he could be like Charlie Dimmock, which doesn't dye her hair up. Well, I'm not sure about that. But <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, no, he's, uh, I think Robbie Savage is a classic Barnet. Do you reckon he'll be able to put it up in a little tiny man bun? He could put it into three or four <laughs> man buns if he wanted. Ones to watch for next week. There's so much coming up actually over the, over the coming week. You've got Champions League matches. There is Premier League matches. So I've picked two Premier League matches. Wednesday night, 7.30pm, Man City against Arsenal. I'll be really excited about this one. Back in December, it was 3-0 to City at the Emirates. Obviously, Arsenal kind of finding some form to be playing some quite good football. City... Uh, really struggling actually at the moment uh, had a lot of possession against Man United didn't really do much with it they overplayed a lot of overplaying fancy football which didn't get anywhere so that's definitely one of my ones to watch I'm going to say 2-1 to Man City what do you reckon dad Man City against Arsenal draw perhaps and then my other one to watch Premier League match Saturday 3pm Norwich against Southampton I thought back in December it was 2-1 to Southampton Southampton have lost their last two matches I, I know I say it every week but Norwich are at the bottom and they seem to be playing quite good football but just never really getting the win so bottom against 14th there is 13 points between the two teams do you know what I hope there's a lot of goals I feel like people are going to think oh nil nil or one nil but I'd like to see a fair few goals in that one so those are my two Premier League matches ones to watch okay and in the championship I've got two as well so the first one is a uh what they call it, a six pointer so you've got Hull versus Charlton two teams who were in a bit of decline, of course, we were at Charlton the other week, not overly impressed. Hull 21st, Charlton 22nd, either of those could be dragged into the relegation. So, proper six-pointer, Hull versus Charlton. The next one's a local derby, proper local derby, West Brom versus Birmingham. West Brom, three games without a win, including uh, last week's cup match at home to Newcastle. So, three games without a win, they're due a win. Birmingham, well, they're very up and down this season, aren't they? So... Who knows, but it's a local derby which makes it even more interesting. West Brom's still in the top two. You reckon they'll do it? I think they'll just about beat Birmingham, but that's it. It's a local derby. Who knows with West Brom's current form? Right, that's all from this week of episode eight of Football Chants and Rants with the plants we're not going to london next week so you won't be seeing q gardens but um hopefully we'll be getting some there's some beautiful gardens around here as well aren't there yeah our back garden i might be in that morning if it stops raining we'll see you then bye bye